Welcome to the Sell Your Brilliance Summit, where we empower entrepreneurs to elevate their influence. We're here to ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and help you showcase your unique talents to the world. I'm your host, Michelle Parad, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on this journey of unlocking your true potential. Enjoy this summit. I can't wait to connect with you. Welcome back. Today, we have a really important topic on sales and how you can have an attraction-led sales strategy focused on building relationships, focused on providing value and service to potential clients. And it's ultimately about addressing false beliefs and educating the market on who you are and what you provide. So today, introducing this topic is Chris Williams. She is the owner and founder of Shine Wellness, a seven-figure business dedicated to empowering women wellness coaches and holistic practitioners to create soul-led and heart-centered businesses without the hustle and aggressive tactics that feel out of alignment for many. She is known for cultivating community, collaborations, that inspire and create win-wins for everyone. So I'm really excited for you to dive into this interview. So Chris, thank you so much for coming here for the summit. And I am so excited to dive in with you on soulful sales, in particular through the nurture method. So I'm super curious to hear about your specific methods to helping women in general, generate $10,000 and more. Mm-hmm. And I know you just got back from this Women Leading Movement event. So I really wanted to also ask mm-hmm. you if you had any takeaways from that event and maybe how entrepreneurs can really have an impact through the lens of leading a movement. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share that. Thank you for having me. Super excited to get this message and mission out in the world as my movement to empower more women to create financial independence without trading their well-being or their integrity for success. That is something that I'm really pretty, pretty dialed in on, not only for my own business, but for the clients that I work with is, is we do have a different way that we can actually build and grow our business outside of the typical and I don't want to pin this on men because I don't think it's nece- it's it's a man thing. I don't think it's a men thing. I think it, but it is a more aggressive, manipulative tactic that tends to be taught out there. And that's why creating sales in our business feels so scary, icky, out of alignment for who we are as, and specifically I work with coaches, health coaches, life coaches, spiritual coaches, or wellness pr- uh, practitioners, mm-hmm. holistic practitioners. Because we're here to serve. We're here to help change people's lives. And those aggressive tactics just don't align. And they really don't work well for those of us that are in this world, in this coaching world, wellness world. Absolutely. And I love the frameworks I know that you've used around it being more attraction-led as opposed Mm -hmm. to going out there and forcing people to become kids or... And we all don't really like those messages Mm -hmm. ourselves. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. How can we be less spammy? (laughs) Oh gosh, I love this question. Yes. How can we be less spammy? 
How can we be more natural? How can we be more authentic? And how can we allow the sale to happen too, right? It seems like there's this thought process that either I have to sell the client or I don't get a sale or I get to be heart-centered and I have to give away free coaching and never ask for the sale. And I that's one of the biggest challenges that I see when I start working with clients, especially ones that are just starting out. Because what they have been taught in their schools, whether in whatever modality they got their training in, either they weren't given education at all on how to actually start a business and bring, attract people into their ecosystem, or they were taught some really outdated methods, such as just go book a gazillion discovery sessions and sell your program. Just go give away free coaching and then bring people in and sell your thing. And The problem with that is that if we're giving away free coaching, we're actually not really helping somebody because it's devaluing your work. And just because you're giving away free coaching doesn't mean that somebody is actually going to come work with you anyways. So it's, wait a minute. And the the other thing that I want to share about that, and, and I really do believe it's a tactic, the tactic of just scheduling and gazillion discovery sessions is that it's not that discovery sessions or conversations are bad. We do need to have conversations with people. We get to build relationships with people. It's just that many practitioners, I know I was, are taught that's the first place to start. If you want to make money, go book your discovery sessions, give away free coaching, and then sell your thing. And actually, what works better is to make that the last piece. And that's what I teach inside of the Nurture Method. And that is, instead of just, what can I get? How can I get this client? How can I say the right things, do the right things on this call, overcome all the objections in order to get the sale? That's a very different energy than, how can I give value? How can I support somebody and guide somebody's decision based on what it is that they want? And the cool thing is that by the time they get to having a call with you and you follow the nurture method, there's already an experience of no like trust there. Right. They are already wanting to work with you. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the call. So you're able to pre-qualify people before they get on a call with you. You're able to build that no like trust with you and that nurture piece that is so missing that I, I didn't learn from my school. That's not their job. Their job was to certify me in a modality, certify me as a coach, as a transformational coach, certify me as a massage therapist, certify me as a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Their job was to give me that certification, which they did well. Yep. And, and so I saw this big lack of what I was taught and where I wanted to go and how I wanted to bring people into my world and serve them and nurture them and let the sale be a side effect of that relationship instead of how do I get the client? How do I close the deal? I, that was actually the name of the conversation. Book close the deal calls. Okay. When I'm like, ew, <laughs> I am not about overpowering somebody and making sure that I can play. I have this tenant smash with, she says this, so I have to make her convince her or manipulate her, which is the thing. Mm-hmm. There's a manipulation. I have to manipulate her in order to say yes to working with me. Yeah. And I think that's why it feels so out of alignment. Really, there's no manipulation needed. And so that's really what I teach women is how do we give value, lead with value, lead with service? That is the foundational principle in my business. When I wake up in the morning, I really ask, who do we get to serve today? Who can I share value with? Who might be struggling that I can just help them create one little step? 
And then how can I nurture that relationship and just listen to them and hear where they are, bring them more into my ecosystem. I've got a free Facebook group with lots of trainings and free trainings or free events so that people can actually see, do I even resonate with Chris? Like, why would I just jump on a call on a one hour call before I even know what she's about or what she's teaching? So it's that middle piece that we need as wellness entrepreneurs and and practitioners and coaches to help give somebody an experience first. Build that no like trust first, and then we can give them a natural next step to take if they want to hop on a call with us. But it makes it so much easier and so much more fun to run a business that way. I love that. I know so often people are so focused on where can I find my next lead? And then they go like straight to the sales process. Yes. yes. We really forget, okay, there's this all this in between. And by the time that they are ready, maybe there's no objections, right? (laughs) Ideally, you get to a point where you don't even have to prepare for some objection, right? Because you already have a feeling for what you're about and what you're teaching and they have the value. So it's it's basically for you to educate the market on what your value is. And so that's beautiful work that you do. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I even, I've even taken the word objection out of my vocabulary because I don't believe that people necessarily have objections. I believe they have false beliefs. I believe that maybe there's, they have a false belief about whether something is possible for them. Do they be, it really doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm not overcoming an objection to working with me. I'm helping them step more into their own decision-making process to decide where are they? And there, we really do go on this ladder of beliefs. And this is what I teach inside right. of my soulful sales is before we say yes to working with anybody, that we have to believe that the transformation that they're talking about is even possible in the world. And then we have to believe that it's possible for us, right? Because if we don't believe that the transformation is possible for us, there's no reason they're not going to say yes to working with you because they don't believe it's possible. So I believe that people get caught on this ladder of beliefs. It's just a false belief. So if they don't believe that it's possible in the world, if they don't believe it's possible for them, if they don't believe it's possible for them right now, right? Like you hear a lot, oh, we need to wait until the kids go to college. I need to wait until all of the stars align before I can can say yes to myself. That's not an objection. That's true belief. That's, That's a belief that I feel like either I'm not worthy to create the time for my health and wellness, we get stuck on a belief ladder. And then after we believe that it's possible for us now, then we need to believe it's possible for us now. And with that person's help is they need to believe that you're the right person to actually help them get that transformation. If they don't believe you're the right person, then you get into the manipulation of trying to convince or persuade somebody that they need you. And that doesn't feel good either. Yeah. And then the last piece is, are they willing, right? They have to be willing once they, we go up that ladder of belief. I believe it's possible for me now. I want your help. Am I willing to explore how I can either get the support or the resources to make this happen? If they're not willing to do that, then again, they can't say yes. So those aren't necessarily objections, even though we typically say, if I don't have the money and I don't have the time and I don't have the whatever we commonly in the coaching world thinks of that as objections. I really just see that as a false belief. And when we can help people see that they actually do have the time if they want it, right? And not just use time as an excuse because they actually don't want it. That can happen too. So we get to help them create more empowering beliefs 
in themselves and what's possible for them. And we get to make it about them, not about us. It's not about me. It's about them and their transformation. How can I support them in the transformation that they say they want? Mm-hmm. And so is part of your process in nurturing where you actually address some of these belief systems, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Underlying that they may not realize that they have. Mm -hmm. But I think what's interesting is, uh, yeah, not just the piece that you were talking about with regards to, is this transformation even possible for myself or my clients, but in particular in the realm that you work in and the wellness space, I think people don't necessarily value their services high enough. I know I started actually as a theta healing practitioner and the market was a certain price point for your service. And it didn't take into account, okay, there's like all these amazing other gifts and skill sets and other things that an individual can bring to a container and valuing that accordingly. And so I, I think there's another aspect of the belief system as well that. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. So I think the ladder at a specific price point, like that's another mm-hmm. uh, area I think people get tripped up on as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think before we even take anybody else up the ladder of beliefs, I see that our foundation is we have to believe in ourselves. Yeah. Right. We have to believe that. What we're sharing is valuable. We have to believe that, and it doesn't mean that we have to believe that we can absolutely 100% make sure that somebody gets their results. That's not what we're going for because we can't do that, right? Like we can't, I can't jump inside somebody else's body and do what needs to be done in order to build and grow a business. I can guide them. I can give them solutions to the obstacles. Mm -hmm. I can encourage them and support them and teach them. But ultimately, it's up to their job. So we have to believe that what it is that we have to share is valuable if they decide that they're ready to implement it. So is it valuable, whatever your service is? And there's a reason why you got into this world. So to share what it is that you wanted to share, whether you're a health coach or a life coach or spiritual coach or a practitioner, you got in that world because you believed that it was valuable. Right. So we get to start from that piece that yeah, heck yeah, this is valuable and more people need to hear about it. Because right. if we don't believe in it, nobody else is going to. Mm-hmm. It has to start there. Start with ourselves for sure. Yeah. Um, how would you recommend for people to even, so we're talking about the nurture method, which is the middle stage, but how do yeah. people even attract the right yeah. to them? Yeah. They get through the, the pipeline, so to speak. Yeah, such a great question. So The nurture method is actually three different steps. We have, it's actually attract, nurture, and invite. So notice that the invitation to work with you comes at the end, right? So the first place, and by the way, I will be happy to share my business basics checklist for 10K months. That actually has all of the things, the types of things or pieces that fall underneath attract, fall under nurture, and fall under invite. So if people are like, I don't know, what do I do to attract? Here you go. This is here, your, all of your ideas are there. What do I do to nurture this? And those are really the needle movers. When I come back and I teach this process inside of my program, Activate Abundance Academy, this is, some, this is what we focus on every day. What am I going to do today to attract somebody, to bring somebody into my ecosystem? And there's so many different ways that we can do that. But the first thing that we have to do is we have to realize 
that in our world right now, there's basically three different groups of people. We either have what I call the sidewalkers, which don't believe that they have a problem. They might be commenting. They might be saying, oh, that was really a great post or whatever. They don't believe that they have a problem that needs to be solving. And there's actually about 30% of people in your world right now that are sidewalkers. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is that many coaches end up trying to market to the sidewalkers to convince them that they have a problem. And that's the wrong way to actually share your message. They don't believe they have a problem, so they're not going to take any action. So for those people, we just get to love on them and let them be where they are. I think we just get to tuck them in and love on them and be like, great, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. But we don't focus your messaging on those people because they don't believe there's a problem. The second group of people that are in our world are actually what I call the slow lane. These are people that are searching for a solution to their problem. They are waking up in the middle of the night. If you're a health coach and helping somebody with menopause, they're tired of the hot flashes. They are tired of the anxiety, right? They're like, I've got to do something about it. So they are actively searching. They just haven't found the right person to support them yet, but they're really looking for a solution out there. They're tired of dealing with what it is that they are. And those people are either in your world now or they're about 1% away. It might be a friend of a friend, Mm -hmm. right? So really we want to go and find where those people are. And then the, and there's 67% of the people in our world fit fit the slow lane. So that's really good news. And then about 3% are what I call the fast lane. Those are people that have already been in your world. They've already heard you. There's already an experience of no like trust with you and we're ready right now. Hence the fast lane. They're like, I've seen you. I love your message. I'm so excited. I want your support. Those are the people that you invite into conversations. Those are the people that you help answer any questions about logistics or whether this is the right fit. So what do we do with the slow lane people? How do we attract people into our world? And that's where we have to just get really clear about where are those slow lane people. And in order to do that, we need to know who our person is, right? So that's one of the things that we teach inside of Activate Abundance Academy is our first two modules. The first module is about alignment. Who is our person? Who's our ideal client avatar that we are here to really serve? And then uncovering where are they in the world? And truly they're everywhere. I actually led a retreat right before I went to Women Starting Movements. And I know we're going to chat about that in just a little bit. And I was running a retreat and this woman came up to me and she said, are you running a retreat? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I talk with you. I'm an executive coach and I work with C-suite people. And I would really love to do this with me and my partner. I'm like, happy to chat with you. So they really, they're, your clients are everywhere. So we want to be visible, right? And that's another challenge. How are we visible to mm-hmm. attract our person, right? We don't need to go out and drag them across the finish line or chase them. We want to give value. So we want to give value to where our slow lane and fast lane clients are so that they can have an experience. And that's how we bring them in. And that's what we work on inside of those, that first couple modules is where's our person? Who are they? Number one. And then where are they? That's where we want to go. I love that. I love that distinction really, because as a If you're new in your business, what starts to happen is, okay, maybe you identify what you're about, what your message Mm -hmm. is. And then what I find is that you start to see that everybody could use your services. It's like everybody could and needs your services, but do they Mm -hmm. want it? That's the distinction. 
Yes. You got to ask the right questions to get an understanding of where they are in their thinking process. Are they really actively out there researching and trying mm-hmm. to solve a problem that they know yeah. that they have? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's it's just like you said, just love up on them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yes. once they feel get to a point where it's painful enough. And that's unfortunate. It's like people seek out mentors when it's super painful. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's human, right? It's just our human psychology where sometimes it just has to get to a point where we're like, all right, I'm done. I'm done struggling. I'm done trying. I'm done throwing spaghetti at the wall, trying to figure out how to get my business off the ground. (laughs) Like I am now done enough that I'm going to actually reach out for support and learn how to do this in a way that feels really good. Yeah. And so, yeah, how are there any like specific qualifying questions that you use? I know. Yeah. 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 Like in your Facebook group, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this criteria or whatever to yeah. help tip people out because you don't have time to, to pursue everyone. No, exactly. So, yes, there are some specific questions. So I actually um, ask those questions before they come into my Facebook group. So I'll talk about both. I'll talk about what do you do to even invite them into your Facebook group? I And, and let me just preface this by saying, I love Facebook groups because it allows me to cultivate and grow community and it is only for my ideal client. So I I see some coaches doing this incorrectly where they'll start a Facebook group, but they invite everybody they know. Your Facebook group is not for everybody. Your Facebook group is only for either your ideal client or a collaborator or somebody who is your champion. That's it. My mom's not in my Facebook group. My sister's not in my Facebook group. My cousins aren't in my Facebook group. It is only specifically for women, wellness coaches, and holistic entrepreneurs who want to build and grow a business with heart-centered values. That's who it's for. It's not for real estate agents. It's not for people who want to make barbecue. Like It is specifically for this client. And so before they even get there, Say I have something free that I'm sharing and I love to give value. So again, I lead with value. I lead with service. Who are my, one of the things I might do is I might post, hey, who are my women who would love to learn where to find your ideal client? And then people would respond. And so when they respond, they're giving me permission. When they see me, they're giving me permission to reach out and just say, hey, thank you for liking my post. And then that is an invite. That's when I can give them an invitation. I've got a free handout inside my Facebook group. Would you like it? Or another question that I love to ask is, I hear you're interested in finding more clients. Is this something that you want to try on your own? Or is this something that you would like support with? It's all permission-based, okay? Instead of just spamming somebody with a link, call a link, or trying to sell them into your thing, Ask them, are they even looking for support? They might not be looking for support. And if they say, yes, I'm looking for more clients, but I'm really like, I'm in the beginning stages. I really just want to do this on my own. Great. Awesome. I have a Facebook group. I would love to join me in there. I've got a free handout called Where to Find Clients. Would love to share that with you. Can I share the link with you? Again, permission-based, right? And when they say yes, great. Now they're feeling heard. They're in your group. And then, of course, there's going to be a few questions for them to answer once they get in the group, just because we've got bots out there that or people that, you know, might want to come into your group. So those questions typically and uh, will help you because what it does is it helps you also to pre-qualify whether or not they are your ideal client. 
So there's three questions that Facebook allows you to ask. The first question should be around what pain or challenge are they experiencing? What, what's your biggest problem with finding clients? And just, since we're on that topic, I'm going to continue to use that as an example. They're going to give me an answer. And then what would you like to have instead? How many clients would you like to have? Or what does it look like on Pleasure Island for them? I think of this in terms of question one is what is the pain? Question two is what is the transformation that they want? Right. And then question three could be anything about either offering them a guide. Would you be interested in having my free guide for XYZ? Do not just ask for the email though. Like again, this is all permission-based. Would you like my free guide for it? If so, please feel share your email there. We'll make sure that we get that out to you. So that, think about being approached that way. It's very generous. It's very heart-centered. It's very relationship building so that we're not just spamming people. Cannot even tell you how many spammy DMs I get a day asking me if I want to create a six-figure business. Honey. I can teach you a few things. <laughs> um, but those questions are also really helpful for marketing too. That's something that we teach. Take the answers. What is their biggest challenge? Create a freebie around that. Give value. Do a quick Facebook Live on it or do it something that is going to help your people. They're telling you, your people will tell you exactly what they need. What are they struggling with? Write it down. Keep a list of the things and use those as use it as marketing research. I love that so much. I get so many of these messages where it's like people connect with you and then automatically they're bombarding you with things. And it's just, yeah. okay, if they're already engaging with you on some level, like they're mm -hmm. interested. So mm -hmm. it's just taking these little micro steps mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. Way. So I yeah. have a beautiful approach. Thank yeah. you for saying micro steps. Um, I actually call these micro yeses. Mm -hmm. And it is very different. If we think about starting off by saying, hey, you want to book a one-hour discovery session with me? Asking somebody for one hour of their time before they actually have an experience or no like trust with you is a lot to ask, yeah. it, right? Like, why would I give you one hour of my time? I don't know who you are, what you're doing. Like, just from you giving me a message, telling me what you do, and then asking me if I want to book a call with you is not going to make me want to book a call. Instead of just asking somebody and making what I like to call the premature marriage proposal, right? We do these little micro yeses. Hey, how are you? I saw you liked my post about wanting to find more clients. Are you looking for support around this or do you want to do it on yourself? I've got free resources I'd be happy to share. So you build, develop relationships with people that then when it feels like the right time, when the person is, you know, and this happens to me all the time. They've downloaded the freebies. They've been in my Facebook group and they're like, you know what, Chris, I really want your support. I've tried to implement it on my own. I keep getting stuck in this same place. Could we have a call? Absolutely. Now there's a layer of trust there. So it's a whole lot. There's no dragging anybody across the finish line on the call at that point. There's no needing to try to convince or persuade somebody that they need you because they're coming to you. I love that. That's the best kind, right? When they're requesting for a call with you. That's where we want to be for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so where else can we present ourselves or become visible so that it's more of that attraction type yeah. of energy yeah. than mm -hmm. us 
going out and being like, do you want this or do you want that? That's yeah. part yeah. of it. But. Yeah. There's, I like to think about two specific places. People that are in my world right now. So I think of that as who do I know? Who is in my world? And I need to, again, we need to get clear on who your ideal client is and where are they going? Where are they spending their time? So are they going to yoga classes? Are they going to meditation classes? What other Facebook groups might they be in? And then I want to think about who are the other people that they work with? So this is where we get to, for lack of a better word, leverage other people's audiences that serve our ideal plan in a little bit of a different way. So in, so we really want both. We want to work in Who's in our world now and how can we share and lead with value in our world now? And maybe that means you go to a networking event in person, or maybe you go to a yoga class and you're striking up a conversation with somebody, right? So there's things that we do in, in person. There's also things that we do online. So that's where Facebook or picking a social media platform where you can be visible so that your person can find you. And then there's also, who do you know who supports your ideal client? So it's not like we're, I'll use my example, my, my women who are building their business also work with mindset or they work with copywriters, or maybe they're working with a health practitioner for their optimal health and wellness. And so those are my collaboration partners. Those are people that can create visibility for me in front of my ideal client. This podcast summit is also a great way, right? Like I'm sharing valuable information, giving, serving to your audience, and we're co-collaborating here to you're giving me exposure to your audience so that I can create more uh, visibility with the message. Okay. So there's multiple places. Really, there, there's no lack. Let me just say that. And there is no secret client closet. <laughs> if you find it, let me know. But so far, I haven't found a secret client closet. We just get to think about where is our person and who could we connect or collaborate with to help us create a little bit more visibility. And that attraction piece, there's so many places. Absolutely, yeah. And I love that you dig into, it's not just networking events. It's not just like specialized groups with the particular target industry that you're going after. But it's like, what do they like on a deep level? What are their hobbies? What are their likes? So that's also about getting to know your avatar in a super yeah. deep way yeah. And, yeah. and them and the way that they move through the world and then gearing yourself towards those spaces. So I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I also say, do what you'd like to do, right? Think of things that would be fun for you to do. If you don't want to go to networking events, don't go to networking events. Right. There's other ways that you can be visible. Maybe you enjoy speaking. And you want to be on a podcast or you want to get on somebody's stage, if that's something that you really, maybe you like writing, writing is a way, right? So you could write an article for publications that are both online and in print. Um, maybe you like to do in-person, more in-person stuff. Where could you share value? Where could you give a talk? Where could you connect or collaborate with where your people are to give value and to share value for your ideal client? So there's multiple ways that you can do it. You don't need to do them all. But you do want to pick the ones that you can consistently do that you love. Because if it feels like something that you don't want to do, you're not going to do it anyways. And then you're not going to make traction and you're going to feel like nothing's working. And yeah. 
And I would say maybe picking a few and working with those. Yes. <laughs> they can really get into this, oh, I should be posting here and doing this and doing that. And it's just find your one, two strategies and yes. sort of go with that and stick for at least a few months doing it before judging is it working for you or not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't just, if you decide, and, and I do recommend that people find a social media platform just because of the world that we're in. You can absolutely still do things in person, and which I love. I love going in person and doing retreats and going to conferences. Those are super fun. But the problem with only doing that is that your ideal client will only see you when they're at that specific place. So by having a platform where you're able to be visible, such as a Facebook group, I get to invite the people that I've met there in person into my world online so that I can continue to build and nurture and build a relationship there with them. So it gives people a place to land. So no matter where you meet them, you're cultivating an audience and a community. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love the idea of collaborations. <laughs> that's definitely one of my biggest strategies and what I like to other people about because there's there's just so much opportunity in those realms. And it's fun. It'd be fun if, you know, you're working with people who have collective missions mm -hmm. and you're helping each other and you're um, cross-pollinating each other's communities. Mm -hmm. That's honestly the best way that you can grow and multiply. Um, and I think it's a faster and a more efficient way than, for example, just posting content. That's the only thing that you do on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love to collaborate. And it is a, a much quicker way. Absolutely. Because think about it, when you're connecting and collaborating, you're in front of a wider audience. Chances are your ideal client is going to be in, in that audience. Not everybody. Chances are some people are going to be interested and they're going to want to join you and they're going to want to learn more from you or they're going to want to meet you or have a conversation with you. And yeah, I love to collaborate. That is definitely, again, what am I doing in my world today? And then what am I doing to connect and collaborate? Those are the two pieces that I look at in, in my business. And I think it's like a little bit of an endorsement too, because mm -hmm. the other person to some degree has qualified you. Maybe they've even worked with you, yeah. but they like you and they have seen your expertise because they're not bringing in someone they don't resonate with. Yeah. Yeah. So that's already a little bit of a verification on your part with the respect to your their audience. So mm -hmm. you're already like a warmed up. It's not a full-on cold. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that. Yes. There's a transfer of trust that happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when I bring somebody into my community is trust me. So they're also that transfer of trust is going to happen with the people that I bring in to my community. And so you're absolutely right. It's not like a complete cold lead where somebody is, I don't know, who is this person? It's no, I believe in so and I love so and so. If she loves her, then I want to hear what she has to say too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. awesome. I could keep going on and on. I know this is fun, right? <laughs> um, but any last words that you would like to leave this audience with regards to how they can build their revenue or set yeah. up their correct sales system? Yeah. I think the biggest thing I know for me was, and I always come back to this because as entrepreneurs, we have lots of ideas, right? And we tend to like want to pop from one thing to the next is keep it simple and have support. 
because we don't know what it is that we don't know until we bump up against it. So we really do need some sort of support that is going to help us navigate the challenges. And when I say support, look for somebody who is doing something that you do in a way that you like the way that they're doing. There's a lot of support out there. Find one that resonates with you and also who is further along the freeway than you are. I see a lot of coaches that are like, oh, I have an accountability partner with the person that I went through school with. Well, if they don't have the business that you want, they're not the best person to support or guide you because they haven't gone through the challenges that you have to go through in order to get to six figures, multiple six figures, seven figures, whatever that is in their business. And so when you have somebody who has gone through those, then what happens is that they collapse the timeline for you a whole lot quicker because they can say, let's look out for this. Let's tweak this here so that you actually begin to create traction and momentum so much more quickly than when you're just in your own brain and thinking, I don't know, is this going to work? Should I do this? But what about this? But what if they say this? And then we just never end up doing anything. Find support that allows you to do things the way that you want to do it in a way that feels good to you. And keep it simple so that you can have a system of marketing system that feels good and a sales system that feels good. And then you can start creating revenue. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's so important to have someone, at least in your life, that is a sounding board mm-hmm. but, and has knows where you were and has been there before. It's so important. Thank you so much for welcome. the summit and For those of you who are watching, definitely get Chris's 10K strategy checklist, business basics and sales. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot packed in there. Take action on right now. So it's really juicy. It's really juicy. Definitely grab it. And you'll be like, oh, I never thought of that. Amazing. Thank you for having me, Michelle. It's been so much fun. We need to do it again for sure.